Hello, Saubona, how's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Every Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Amazing worship. Thank you, worship team, for that beautiful, beautiful time. Ah, man. Ah. Guys, we're, we're, we're going to get back together again, and hopefully it's going to be at the end of this month. We'll keep you updated as to exactly when we're going to open the doors and allow us all to get back in here, but it's soon. It's like now, it's almost going to happen. So, yeah, so I'm so excited. I can't wait to see you all again and, um, and just be here worshiping. You know, there's nothing like the saints gathering and you know what, I was just thinking, like, while I was worshiping today, just hearing other people worship, worship around you is just so um, encouraging. It's like a catalyst, you know, it, like it really empowers you. So let's get into the Word this morning. Uh, we're continuing our Believe series, and uh, I hope you're enjoying this. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm like, I'm just eating this stuff for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. Um, and I hope your believer is getting activated in the series. We have established that faith is a fundamental, non-negotiable key to accessing anything in the kingdom. Whether it's salvation, salvation only happens by faith. Okay? It is the faith transaction that allows us to, to enter into salvation. Healing, whenever we look at the Gospels, we see that it was faith that Jesus highlighted as the mechanism by which healing was administered. When you look at provision, it was again faith. So every, everything that this gospel has, every, whether it's salvation, healing, deliverance, freedom, it all is accessed by faith. And Jesus said this in Matthew 21. He said, if you believe when you pray, you will have whatever you ask for. <laughs> so he was basically saying, you know, you have to take this thing called faith and you have to even put it into your prayers. And when you put it into your prayers, your prayers become powerful. You, you're literally, you will have whatever you ask for. And so we want to be a church that, you know what, we, we worship, but we worship in faith. Amen? We read scripture, but we read it in faith. We, we, uh, we pray, but we pray in faith. We're going to be a faithful church. Amen? And that's because we will never rise higher or go further than our beliefs. Our beliefs either limit or unlimit our lives, and they limit or unlimit what God can do in our lives. And so we've got to examine our beliefs and make sure that they're right, make sure that they're scriptural, and, and make sure that we're growing in faith, and we'll actually start to access everything that God is talking about in scripture. Now, the good news is that we can grow in faith. All right. We, in Scripture, we see people with little faith, but we also see people with great faith. And, and, and Scripture shows us how we can grow in faith. So that's what we're doing in this series, guys. We are growing in faith. Today's message is entitled, Rich Kid, Poor Kid. All right? <laughs> Bit of a strange title, I know. But how many of you know the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Anybody read that book? Yeah, a few, a few in the room have read the book. Okay, I, I love that book. But I, I mean, I read it a long time ago. Robert Kiyosaki, I think he's a brilliant author and, 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 and a great imparter of financial wisdom. So he wrote this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And in this book, what he, what he did in the book was he really spoke about his two dads. He had a dad. He's owned by a logical dad and he was raised by his dad. But he also had a very close friend. And his father was also like a dad to him. So he had these two dads. And the one dad was rich, which was his friend's dad, and his biological dad was, was poor. And so he wrote this book really talking about these two dads. And the reason why the one was rich and the one was poor was because they believed very different things about money and the stewardship of money. And so in the book, he, he basically teaches you how to think right about money and work the system of money. Now, I think in the kingdom, we have rich kids and poor kids as well. And it's all based on our beliefs and what we believe in. I believe there are kids in this kingdom, all right, that we've been born into, this new kingdom that we're born into, who are accessing and who are rich. They are rich in grace. They are, they are rich in courage. 
They are rich in strength. They are rich in love. They are rich in confidence about the future. They are rich in, in love towards others. They are rich in forgiveness. And they are rich in material gain as well. They are rich in every sense of the word because they believe right about the kingdom. And I also have noticed that there are poor kids in this kingdom. Kids who have so much available to them, but they're not accessing it because their beliefs are wrong. And so what I'm hoping this morning is I want to... I wanna sh- I want to kind of, by the end of this word, I, I want you to see how rich you are. All right. I, I, want to, I want us as a church family just to, to realize what has been purchased for us in Christ. And, and, and as we go through this word, my hope is that fear is going to be driven out of you um, and that you're going to step into everything that God has for you. So let's get into the words. Matthew 6 is where we're going to start. And uh, let's pray before we get into the word. Can we pray our prayer? (laughs) Let's go. Father in heaven, I commit this time to you. I believe that your plans for me are good and that everything good starts with your word. Your word brings life, healing, and direction. I treasure your word more than my daily bread. I boldly confess that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Okay, we're going to read together. It says, Therefore I say to you, every nation Durban, this is Jesus speaking to us today, do not worry about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap. Nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Let's read it together. O you of Little faith. Alright, what's the key here? Faith is the key here, alright? Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, or unbelievers, okay? For you, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but you seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Isn't that a beautiful passage, hey? Come on. So, so Jesus, like, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I mean, I go back to the scripture. I don't know about you, but just reading those words gives me peace. Okay. So obviously, Jesus is talking to a crowd here. He's talking to this crowd that had gathered, and obviously, this crowd was harassed with financial pressure. Obviously, they were, they were worried about food and drink and clothing and the, the school fees they had to pay. And they were worried about the petrol price increasing and the cost of living increasing. And, and they would go into the stores and say, you know what, I really need to buy a new pair of shoes. And they'll look at the pair of shoes that used to cost 500 is now 800 rand. And it's like, oh, you know. And then you, they're looking at their salary coming through. And then all of a sudden, all those debit orders. Ka, 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 ka. And eventually it's like, What's left? And now I've got to survive on this month. And then something drastic would happen. I don't know, the, the dog got sick or, you know, something broke or, you know, somebody dinged the car and now you have to get that fixed and where's the money going to come to fix the car? And who knows what I'm talking about when it comes to financial pressure here. <laughs> we, we all know this one really well, okay? This thing governs us. This thing is, affects us. This thing is part of our life in many ways. And so obviously this crowd was harassed. They were, they were feeling 
I mean, you, you know what you like, okay? They, they were feeling that. They were feeling that pressure of where am I going to get the money to pay for these things? Now, in this passage, Jesus speaks into that fear. He speaks into that anxiety. And it's like we, I, I, I kind of see it like this. We have this, this like, this ticking time bomb. Financial pressure is like this ticking time bomb. You like, you know, you, you've got a certain date you have to pay things by and it's just like tick, 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 the time's going and you don't know. And, and he just diffuses that, that pressure with these words. I mean, these words are, they literally, they cast out fear. If you read them, if you soak in them, they, they literally just drive that thing out. And this is what I'm praying God's going to do in our lives. If you're feeling financial pressure, if you're feeling the, the squeeze of the time at the moment in your business and you're worried how you're going to pay for pe- people's salaries and where the cu- why are customers not paying you and everything, this word is, gonna, is just going to drive out fear. Okay? This is going to drive, this is what these words do. Look at what he, what he says. He says, the birds, he says, okay, pay attention to the birds. Like, lift up your eyes. And I can imagine maybe they're on this hill and, and there's, you know, trees and flowers and, you know, hill things. What, grass, you know, <laughs> and birds flying around, okay? Nature is all around them. And I can just imagine him saying, just, just lift your eyes off your, your financial woes. And the problems around you. And just look at where you are. Just look at where you are. Just look at how amazing life is. Look at how beautiful this planet is. And then pay attention to the birds. They don't sow or reap. In other words, they do no work. And yet, your heavenly Father provides for them. So the birds are doing no work. Have you noticed that? Birds are not farmers. They, they, they don't go planting their crops. They don't build barns. They don't store their crops or anything. They just fly around and get their food. Okay? So look at the birds and what's happening with the birds. And then he says, look at the lilies. And I can imagine there just being these, all these lilies there. Beautiful, you know, stargazer lizzy, lilies. Hey, my darling. That's my wife's favorite flower. Stargazer lilies, you know? And, and they're just glorious. And he just says, look at how much detail God has put into that. I mean, look at some flowers. They are just like mind-blowing. The beauty, the attention to detail, the color. The, they just look glorious, you know. And, and he's just saying, look at that. Look how much effort God put into that. And it's, and it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And then he says those precious words, are you not more valuable than they? And you know, this, these words are uh, like a, a mind-bender for us. Everything Jesus says here is a mind bender. Why is it a mind bender? Well, because all we know is sowing and reaping. That's all we know. You know, in Proverbs 4, it says, unless, um, it says, if you don't work, you don't eat. We know that pretty well. Hey. If you don't work, you don't eat. It says the same thing in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. If you don't work, you don't eat. In Genesis, it says, by the sweat of your brow, you, will sh- you shall eat your bread. In Galatians, it says, don't be fooled. Whatever a man sows, that is what he will reap. So all we know is sowing and reaping. All we know is that if we don't get up this morning and go to that job, then we're not going to get the salary. We're not going to be able to pay petrol. We're not going to be able to pay my rent. We're not going to be able to pay my bond. So we all, we're in the system of sowing and reaping, where if you stay in bed and you don't get up, like you're not going to eat. You're not going to be able to put food on the table for your kids. You've got to get out. You've got to get that job. You've got to go and get that contract, that tender. You've got to put some work in, and then you're going to get your reward from it. That's all we know. But Jesus is saying the birds and the flowers know nothing about that. They don't actually, they don't, they don't know that at all. Birds are not like worried, like, oh, I better get up today and go plant some seeds. Otherwise, I'm not going to have anything. Flowers don't worry. They just grow and they're beautiful. They know who they are. They're working on a completely different system. A system where God just gives them what they need and makes them look beautiful without them having to do anything in the process. So what Jesus is saying to us is, there's another system. So yes, you know sowing and reaping really well. 
But lift up your eyes. There is another system at work. It's pretty much the same system that my kids are on right now. <laughs> if they're hungry, I feed them. If they need clothes, my wife buys clothes for them. You know? they're, 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 on a, they're on pretty much a similar system for now, all right? For now. My son's on camera this morning. <laughs> there will be a day when <laughs> they will go do some sewing and reaping as well, all right? Um, but I think what Jesus is, is drawing our attention to here is the fact that there is another system at work. And, and if God wanted, if God wanted, he could very easily do for us what he does for the birds and for the flowers. He could really do that. Do we believe that? Yeah, it's hard, eh, sometimes. There's, a, there's like a little bit of a wall. Why? Because we're so used to the sowing and reaping. We so this is how life works. This is how life works. Jesus, lift up your eyes. You have a Father in heaven. You're more valuable than the birds and, and the flowers. And there, there's another system at work. One where God could just provide for you and you didn't do anything in the process. You could reap where you actually haven't sown, according to what Jesus is saying. <laughs> you can say amen if you want. <laughs> he did it for the Israelites, guys. He did it for the Israelites. For 40 years, they never sowed, but they just kept reaping. Every morning, food was there. Their clothes never wore out. I mean, can you imagine that for a little moment? Can you imagine just transferring ourselves onto that system? Can we just dream for a little bit? How many of you just need to just dream a little bit? You're just a little tired of the sowing and reaping story. Like, let's get onto the birds and the flower system for a little bit. Can you imagine going to your fridge and, and that, that milk never runs out? <laughs> you open your cupboards and, and that rice or whatever, pasta, whatever, you, it just it never runs out. Those lentils never run out. There's, there's just always fresh fruit and veg. It just, it's always there. Can you, I, it would be quite nice, eh? quite nice we just we never had to do anything and we were just getting fed and clothed that would be pretty amazing it would be awesome but the truth is we wouldn't like it for very long and the reason is this is because work is not part of the curse work was given to adam and eve before the curse work is actually a blessing you know, when we go to work, we grow in our skills, our abilities, we learn new things, we learn mastery, we have the sense of purpose, of fulfillment, a sense of meaning and significance. Work is actually a gift from God given to mankind in order for us to grow and develop and become and have meaning and have significance. And work is actually a way we can worship God as well. So... So is Jesus contradicting all of that? No, he's not. He's not saying go quit your job and just trust God and, and, and pray over your rice jar, okay, that'll never run out. All right, the issue on the table that Jesus is going after here is fear and worry around finances. That's what he's going after. And, and how do we not fear is what Jesus is telling us. There's two ways we don't fear here. He says, first, you need to remember that there is a higher reality than the sowing and reaping that you see in life. There's a higher reality. And the higher reality is this, is, what, is, is where God can provide without you having to do anything in the process. And just like there's the sowing and reaping system in place, there is another operation for birds and flowers in place. It's in this world. It's there. It's available to us. In other words, it's not all dependent on you. Can I just release some of you with that word this morning? It's not all dependent on you. You know, I heard somebody just saying, like, yeah, but nurse, somebody just said this in passing, but nurses don't get paid enough. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? They don't, considering the work they do. They're, they're amazing people. Um, however, it's not all dependent on what people, on, on, on the paycheck anymore. God is above the, the pay system. That's governed. <laughs> He's actually above that system. So 
our means of provision is not only through one channel. There are multiple ways that God can provide for us and not just through one means. And I think this is what Jesus is saying to you. Lift up your eyes. You look at it like a salary check or you're looking at something as your provider. Lift up your eyes and see God as your provider. And he's got a system in place where it's not all dependent on you. It's not all dependent on how much you do or how much you know or how hard you work or how good you are or how you know on the ball you are. And some of you, I feel, you're in this place where unless you feel like if you take your hands off, it's all going to fall apart and you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. You just need to, you have to, you have to rest out of that thing and lift up your eyes and see that God is above that. He can provide through multiple ways. Secondly, birds and flowers have access to the system but we are far more entitled to it than they are because we are more valuable than that. So if you can remember that there's another system of provision and that you're entitled to it, you, then, then fear has to go when it comes to finances because it's not all dependent on you. It's not all dependent on that paycheck anymore. There is a, God, there is a father above you who provides for his kids without even you having to do something in the process. Now, even as I'm sharing that, I feel like some of you are like, oh, that's hard. That's so hard. Like, I want to encourage you, wrestle with that. Wrestle with that. Take that, that there's something inside of us that just says, no, that can't be, that can't be. It's too good to be true. That just doesn't seem right. Like, really, there's this something inside of that that rises up and just says, man, I have to work to get something, you know. I want to encourage you, wrestle with that thing. Wrestle with that thing. Look at the kingdom. Look at your father. Look at how valuable you are. And allow the truth of scripture just to, to wash away your fears. All right. So let's just, now let's take this a little bit deeper. All right. The way I read this passage as well is, is that Jesus is talking to a people, a group of people who can't see how valuable they are. And they can't see what is available to them, and so they're living in fear and not faith. And in the way Jesus is talking in this passage, it's like he's saying, can't, can't you see the other system? Can't, can't you see that you've got a father? Can't you see how valuable you are? Can't you see how much is available to you? Why, why can't you see this? And, and the way he's saying it makes me think that these are, these are rich kids who are thinking like poor kids. They actually have access to a kingdom. They have access to another system. They are highly valued, but they're not seeing any of that. You know that phrase, poor little rich kid? <laughs> and that's, that's kind of where I think Jesus is talking. They're the, the quintessential poor little rich kids. They're so much available to them, but they can't see it or access it. And you see, this is what rich kids are. Rich kids are kids who know what they have. They know who they are. They know what they have access to. They know how valuable they are. Poor kids don't know how much they have. And they don't know what they've been given. And they don't know what have, they have access to, are, to or how valuable they are. And the question is this morning is, which one are you? Are you the poor kid or are you the rich kid? Can you see? we got rich kids in the room, all right? <laughs> Only rich kids, yeah, okay? So we've got to change our thinking and our believing to, to start thinking like that. We've got to start thinking, hang on, I am. I have so much available to me. I have a father. I, there's a whole another system that I have access to. I am blessed. I am favored. Like, we, we've got to start thinking like rich kids. All right? We've got to start believing like rich kids. Now, I want to just share like a, a quick testimony this morning, which is like, which is really fresh. Okay? This is like a friend of ours. And, um, and it's such a beautiful story. They were telling us this story over the last couple of days. And, um, and I just think it, it just fed so well into this sermon. So, so we have these, Trish and I have these friends. And um, she went to the beach. Okay? And blessed are all the beachgoers. All right? She went to the beach. <laughs> Amen, Bukosi. She, and, uh, and, the, and she had a day on the beach with the kids and everything. And she lost her car keys. On the sand, in the sand somewhere. And you know, something falls in the sand. It's like, 
It's like sinking sand. It's gone, you know. It's gone. And it was a drama because now, you know, how are we going to get home? She had to call her husband. Her husband had to come with the spare keys. And, um, and then they, they went home. And, they, you know, it's, it's like a real, it's a mission. So they, eventually she goes home. But when she gets home, she, she really felt God saying, go back to the beach. Go back to the beach. So the next day she went back to the beach and she was kind of standing where she thought maybe they were. And she's just praying. She's saying, Lord, I really want those keys back. And, and then the next thing the Holy Spirit said to her, dig your feet in the sand. So she kind of just does that a little bit, you know. And the Holy Spirit says, no, dig your feet in the sand. And it's a bit awkward. You're just standing there kind of praying by yourself and, you know, there's people around and, 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 and you've got to dig your feet in the sand. So she digs her foot in deeper, 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 and boom, her foot touches something metal. She sticks her hand in. She grabs out. There are her keys. Okay? She finds her keys. Come on. <laughs> now, that would, be, that would be enough of a story right there. What, what does that just say to us? God knows where the keys are, all right? <laughs> Anybody lost something? God knows where it is, okay? I've heard similar stories with people who've lost wedding rings and God's told them to go to a particular street and look there and they go there and they find their wedding ring on the, and there's people walking all around in the middle of a town. You know, I've heard stories like that. Uh, God's done some, something similar to me with, when I lost keys in the Drakensberg as well. And, and so God knows where the keys are. But the point is this also, He cares, there's a father. You know, like it's not all dependent on you don't have to actually get everything perfect all the time. He's there and he's available. There's another system available to you. In the sowing and reaping system, if you if you didn't sow right, then you're not going to reap right. You lost your keys, that's your problem. You lost them. You know what I mean? There's but God is saying there's another thing available. There's another operation. You're not just part of that system. There's a kingdom that's available to you now. Now, that would be enough of a story just to leave it there, but it just gets better than that. So the same couple that we know, they're trusting God to, that their kids can go to a particular school next year. So they're really standing in faith for that. And, um, and the problem is this, is that the school fees are too expensive. Like seriously, out of their reach, beyond, it's impossible. You know? it's really, but they're really, they've got faith. Anybody here facing something impossible for next year? Wondering how you're going to pay for something? Wondering how you're going to buy something? School fees or whatever it is, okay? What do we have? Faith. We've got faith. Thank you, Amlu. We've got faith, yeah? And with the faith as small as a mustard seed, we can move mountains. All right, so, so, so here they are. They face a situation. They, it's impossible financially. And, and how many of you know that can put stress on you as a parent, especially? You know, you want to provide for your kids. You want your kids to have the best. But there's this like... How are we ever going to do that? And so they're feeling that, but they've got faith, and they're starting to work their faith and apply their faith. So they go to the school, and they want to go meet the teachers and the, and the, and the headmistress, and they want to just you know, go th- and, and see, what it's, see if there's bursaries or see if there's some sort of thing available. Anyway, they go to the school, and this is the school they want to be at. They're praying for it. They're trusting God. And when they walk into the art department, like there's, there's no other paintings or drawings in the art department, okay, except for one that's, that's hanging up on the wall. And on that picture, it's a sketch. And the sketch is of a hand holding some keys. That's what the sketch is of. And that would, that would just, you know, what's really amazing about that sketch is this, is that when she found the keys on the beach, she took a picture of them in her hand. And she sent it to her husband, saying, look, I found the keys. But what's amazing about this picture is that it's, the, it's as though somebody took that photograph that she sent to her husband and then sketched an exact replica of it. You can see that picture now on AV. Isn't that incredible? I mean, that's too amazing. So what is that? What is that? I think that's like God gives us these little breadcrumbs for our faith. That tells you, hey, you're, on the, you're in the right direction. You're moving on the right road. I can do impossible things. I mean, what are the chances that the very picture she takes of her keys is the, exactly the same as what somebody has sketched when they go to the school they want to go to? 
And I'm like, this is, this is like, this is how our Father in heaven operates. This is how I want you to see that, that He's a God of miracles. We were singing that, right? He's a God of miracles. He does incredible things. Now, what, what's also amazing is there was another, there was like, this, this picture was half the, the picture of the, the person holding the keys is half the picture. There's another picture of, Avi, if you wouldn't mind putting that up, of some hands begging that were also sketched. And, and these two pictures represent very well what I'm trying to communicate here about rich kids and poor kids. Jesus said this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Let me ask you a question. Do you have the keys of the kingdom? Yes, Amen. yes. yes? or no? Are, do you have the keys in your hand to do what God has called you to do or are your hands still waiting for the keys? Let me ask you another question. Do you have favor this morning? Amen. Or are you still waiting for favor? Are the keys in your hand or are you still begging for them? Do you have, I mean, if you had favor, you would be using your favor, right? I mean, if you've got keys, you, you use your keys, right? So if you've got favor, you, you use your favor. You believe what God has given you and you start to put it into work. And this is how rich kids think. They start, they realize they've been given favor. They've been given blessing. They've got the keys of the kingdom. Doors are opening for them. They're not on the outside looking in, waiting to get something. They are on the inside working what they have. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about Martin Luther and Graham Powell. Do you remember those two men? All right? Martin Luther was trying to earn righteousness by doing good deeds. He already had righteousness in Christ. He was trying to earn, he was waiting, trying to get something that he already had. He was a poor kid when actually he was a rich kid. All right, Graham Powell was the same. He was wanting to get freedom, trying to earn his freedom when Christ had already purchased his freedom. So he was working really hard to get what God had already given to him. They both believed they didn't have when actually they did have. They believed wrong. And come on, (laughs) you know what I'm going to say. We never rise higher or go further than what we Believe. Our beliefs either limit or unlimit our lives. They either limit or unlimit what God can do in our lives. We have to get our beliefs right. Beliefs right. So righteousness, freedom, healing, provision were all purchased on the cross. Let me show you this in Galatians 3. Galatians 3 says this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen? Amen? Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's you and me, in Christ Jesus. So Jesus purchased the blessing for us at the cross. It's already ours. Can somebody say amen to that? So Martin Luther and Graham Powell, those examples that I shared, they were trying to access what was already theirs. They were using a sowing and reaping system when they should have been using a birds and flowers system. So there's two, what is the birds and flowers system? The birds and flowers system is grace and faith. Grace and faith. So there's two systems at work in the world today. There is grace and faith and there's sowing and reaping. Both are valid. Both are at work. But you can't access anything that Christ purchased for us using the sowing and reaping system. It's only by grace through faith. Galatians 3.5 says this. It says, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And the answer is obvious. He, he doesn't do it because of your sowing and reaping, because you're so good, you're so doing the right thing, because you... He does it because you move by faith. 
and you believe grace. Grace is the, is the riches of God that are available to us because of Christ's expense. That's what grace is. All of healing is mine. The, 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 the provision of God is mine. And all I have to do is believe. Activate my believer. Grace and faith. Does God do miracles in our lives because we've got our lives totally together and because we're doing all the right things? And God, I did this and I did this and I did that. No. It works by faith. Only by faith. And so we need to make a switch in systems when it comes to accessing the gospel of grace. We have to switch. Some of us are still in a sowing and reaping mindset when we should be operating in grace and faith. You see, this is how, just like you, you, you know what, you can't walk into the shops, you can't go to like checkers this afternoon and fill your trolley and go pay for it with, with rupees. They're going to be like, Sorry, we can't do this transaction. Now, are your, are your rupees valid? Yes, they are. But in another system, in another country. <laughs> you take your Indian rupees and, and you, can, you can access stuff. There. God is trying to communicate to us the kingdom and everything that Christ purchased for us is available through the system of grace and faith only, not through works, lest any man should boast. Amen. And there's some of us who can accept that and enjoy that, and celebrate that, and marvel at the grace of God, and dream about the grace of God, and dream about what He could do in my life, and how He could provide. And there's some of us who just really want the sowing and reaping principle. Rich kids and poor kids. You know, sowing and reaping is amazing, but I'm just glad I'm not bound by that system. (laughs) That there is another, that the grace of God is available to me through faith that I can access favor, that I can access blessing just because I activated my believer. And you see, this is what rich kids say. They say things like, I believe that I am healed. They are rich already. They're not like, oh God, please heal me. It's, I am healed in Jesus' name. Healing is the children's bread. Healing belongs to me. They say prosperity is mine. Christ purchased prosperity for us. He purchased to, the, to pay all my needs so that the blessing that was on Abraham, the, and material blessing, okay, as well as every other blessing, is mine in Jesus Christ. I, God's going to multiply me exceedingly. He's going to enlarge the place of my territories. I can expect good things to follow me. I can expect favor at work. I can expect promotion at work. I can expect to have my own business one day, that dream of building that own system that I've got, that can be mine. Why can it be mine? Because i got a dad who loves me, man. And he just blesses me and he wants me to prosper. And I'm so much more valuable than the birds and, and the grass. And look at how he looks after them. Of course he's going to look after me as well. I am so rich. I am so favored. Man, I wake up in the morning and I'm thinking, oh, what amazing blessing is going to come today? I've got such a good father. You know, I, I, I'm going to go to work today. Praise God. I'm going to work on my skills. And, and yes, I'm going to get my salary at the end of the month, but God could provide to other means as well. I wonder how he's going to do it. I wonder what he's going to do. I wonder who he's going to send across my path. I wonder what opportunity he's going to open up to me. I wonder how he's going to do this. I better be awake. I better be prayed up. I better be spirit filled because the spirit is moving in my life. Because God is all around me. I can see this God. Come on. <laughs> Woo! Rich kids say things like this. I believe I am righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question today. When are you going to be righteous? Is it when you get your whole life together? When are you going to be a saint? Let me ask you that. When are you going to be there? Because a lot of us feel like you've got to earn that. You're thinking sowing and reaping when it's a birds and flowers. It's a grace and faith thing. Righteousness comes by faith. By faith. I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus, not by my own works, by faith in that finished work of Jesus Christ. When are we going to actually make the switch from being poor kids trying to get what Christ has already given to us? When are we going to activate our believers and start to believe that this is ours? When are we going to, as a church, start to believe that the city is ours? Come on, that our neighborhoods are ours, that government is ours, that, that, we, we, <laughs> that we are to expand to the left and to the right. I mean, that the harvest is meant to come in. Come on, 
This is how rich kids think. And I want to encourage you, you've got to make that switch today. You've got to make that switch from being a poor kid, thinking you're on the outside, thinking you still have to earn your way to get there, to get something from God, when Christ is just saying, no, it's, it's, it's by grace. It's by faith. Activate your believer rather. You know, look at this. Come on. Okay. I've got so much more and my time is running out here. Let me ask you this question. Is there anything in this Bible that is yours? Everything. <laughs> Amen. I want to tell you, everything in there is yours. Everything in there. So when you read Psalm 112 and it says, Blessed are the righteous, their descendants are mighty on the earth. Is that yours? Wealth and riches are in his house. Is that yours? Or do you have to still do something to get it? Do you feel like you have to jump through some hoop to get it? Or when you read your Bible and you see it there, is it yours? All the blessings are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Everything in the old covenant is ours. Everything in the new covenant is ours in Christ. When are we going to own it? When is, when is it going to be like I have it? <laughs> Today. Amen. Look at this. It says, 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you might through His poverty become what? <laughs> Who's rich? <laughs> I'm rich. Amen. All right? That through His poverty we might become rich. What is that scripture saying? It's saying that through what He did we become rich. We inherit this. Okay? If Hebrews 4 verse 12 says the following. It says this. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So what I read there is that this gospel should profit you. There really should be a, there should be a blessing. There should be some sort of profit in our lives because we serve Jesus. <laughs> yes? Come on. There should, our lives, our marriage, our parenting, our homes should be, there should be profiting because of this gospel. There's, there is a profit in this gospel. This message is meant to profit us in some way. It's meant to bless us. <laughs> some of you guys still got a problem with that. Listen, you know, you say, I say God wants you blessed and it's like, ah. Listen, you've got to activate that believer and wrestle that doubt to the floor and say, this promise is mine. This scripture is mine. I own this thing. I walk in this thing. I am this kid. I am in this thing. All right. You're not on the outside anymore. Okay. You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. All the covenants are yours in Jesus. How much is this gospel meant to benefit you? Romans 4, verse 13. Very quickly, I'll finish with this. It says, It's clear then that God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not because Abraham obeyed God's laws, but because he trusted God to keep his promise. In other words, because he had faith. God's promise to give what? The whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. You know what? I think God has got more for you. The whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. You know what? If you're a believer in Christ, then you're a child of Abraham. Amen. All right? You're, you're, that, you're, you've, you cut into that lineage. Yeah. And you, that blessing on him is the blessing on your life. Yeah. Amen. If, you're, if you're a believer, you're a descendant of God. Amen. God promised to give the whole earth. Yeah. What is yours? What is yours? What is yours in Christ? What can you see in Christ? What... What is yours in Christ? You know, Bruce Wilkinson went to a student campus and he, and, he, and he started to speak faith to them. And he started to say, guys, God can do much more than what you can dream, hope, or imagine. Amen. He's got great plans for your life. He started to speak faith into these kids. Um, they, in, the, in their summer holidays, they normally organize a mission trip and they, they kind of go somewhere and do something and they just kind of normally go around the area. And he just said to them, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you look at the globe and and pick an island. And take an island. Remember, the whole earth is, is yours. <laughs> and then Chris says, well, how are we going to get there? And, they, and he said, well, why don't, you, why don't you charter an airplane? How are we going to charter an airplane? Well, why don't you pray in faith? Activate your believer. You know that because of those words, 165 students chartered an airplane to Trinidad 
And when they arrived in Trinidad, they, they arrived there as mission teams ready to do dance, drama, Bible schools, build homes. They, they went with supplies. They went fully funded. That same year, they went on their summer holiday with 165 students with their own plane to an island, and they literally bombed, they love-bombed that island for Jesus. They literally love-bombed that. Thing. How did they do all of that? Just some students. <laughs> because they believed that the that God has given them everything. Amen. That it's all ours in Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. Amen. Paul prayed this scripture in Ephesians 1. He said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. I want to pray that same prayer for you today. Father, for everyone who's watching, for everyone here in this room, Lord, I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would see how much is ours, how much is available to us, how, much, how great is your power toward us who believe, how rich and glorious your inheritance is in us, Lord God, and how much you want to empower us and prosper us and cause us to take dominion in this world. I pray that all of us, Lord, who are struggling with financial fears right now, that that thing will be broken off us in the name of Jesus, that the eyes would be lifted up, that, Lord, every person here would see there's another system, there's a Father, and they would see their value in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Amen. We'll see you again soon. All right. Thank you so much for that word, Wayne. It was amazing. And um, it's just, wow. Are you a rich kid or a poor kid, Bakosi? I think I'm a rich kid. I think you're definitely a rich kid. And you know, the encouragement to all of us is that we can be those rich kids. I, I think when we approach our work, when we approach the Bible, we've got to approach it with a confidence and assurance that we are the rich kids. Mm. And um, you know what? I, I think Connect Group is going to be really great this week. I think Connect Group is going to be a time of people digging deep. The iConnect is going to give you those thought-provoking questions questions and people are really going to unpack this in an incredible way hey definitely you think so definitely i think so because see we're going to we're going to take communion now and really just um, apply this word in in our um, in our communion but before we do that i know that there are a lot of students and and youngsters who are going to be writing exams they're going to be needing to apply this rich kid uh, faith to their exams and their preparation they're going to work hard and then apply their faith and reap the harvest but what advice would you give to our youngsters who are are going to be writing exams i definitely say study 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 as much as you can and just go over your work and know every detail that you need to know and yeah but most importantly, you must believe that you're going to come out of that exam or come out of that test with the marks that you want. Because if you don't believe, you're going to sit down, you're going to look at the test and not going to know a single thing that's going on on that paper, even if you've studied. So you must believe that you will walk out of that room having the marks that you want. That's really good. That's great advice. So you're going to apply yourself, you're going to work hard, but then you're also going to activate your faith that God's going to pull you through and you're going to remember everything and be able to write down those answers like the examiners want to see so that you can do really, really well. And what, when we take communion, I really want to encourage the, the students and um, our school-going kids to take communion with us this morning with faith, with a, with a knowledge that, that God is going to be alongside you through the exams, that God is going to reward you because you've been working and, and diligent and applying yourself, and that he's going to supersede your expectation with your exams. Amen. All right, so let's get ready to take communion. We've got our little communion here. And uh, let's take the bread. And, Father, we just want to thank you that because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we are the rich kids. Mm. We want to thank you that everything that Jesus purchased for us through his body being broken 
just puts us in such a position of righteousness. It puts us in a position of healing. It puts us in a position of victory. It puts us in a position where we can actually know that we are the ones who live in faith and not in fear. Mm. So we take this this morning just remembering that and giving you thanks for it. And as we take of the cup, we just thank you, Lord, that uh, your blood was shed. Not only are we righteous before the Father because of Jesus shedding his blood, but we also have victory over fear. And this morning we're just saying, we're saying no to fear. We're casting out fear and we're taking our portion of faith. And um, we're, we're so grateful that we're part of this new covenant that Jesus has made for us. And we just celebrate, we take this communion celebrating the victory of faith. Amen. Amen. And because you won't you just pray for exams and students. Thank you, Father God, for bringing us here today to praise you and just to lift up your name, Father. We thank you for the word that you've delivered us today. I pray, Father God, for everyone who's going to be writing exams and tests at home. I pray that you would just help them to, first of all, work and really to to go for what they need to do, Father, to set their goals and to achieve them with your help, Father God. I ask that you would comfort them in the times when when they may panic if they don't know a question. Father God, help them to remember what they've studied and Father, I ask that you would just guide us all who are going to school or even in university. I ask that you just guide us and help us to be ambassadors of Christ, Father God, and to really just really just show people the love that you have for us, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And we just want to encourage you, if you're not a part of a connect group, please contact us on our church number. That's 072-606-6747. And we'll help you to get plugged into the community here and that you can really have people walking alongside you because it's going to be a great week of unpacking rich kid, poor kid. Have a great week, guys. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.